Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I am Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. So I want to say that this episode is going to be more positive than last episode, but I feel like a lot of you don't want me to be a positive person because people seem to like when I get on my soapbox and yell at random people. (laughs) Yeah, when you said it was going to be positive, I was going to say, boo. (laughs) And suddenly all of our listens have completely dropped off. Actually, our topic today is something else that also really annoys me, so... (laughs) But in a, but these are these are positives in that annoying category though. Yeah, don't worry, I'll still get angry about something. I'm sure, um, just not as much as I was last episode. And we're recording at a different time, so I'm not like tired and cranky. It's it's earlier in the day, and I feel like renewed and like I don't know, full of optimism or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Hmm. Well. So I guess we could just go on to news. I have no other banter. I have nothing else to talk about, I don't think. Sounds good. Let's do it. Um. So first bit of news actually probably could have been on last week's episode. And I honestly think that I have gotten annoyed by this before and mentioned how annoyed I am. Um, but I still got to mention this Kickstarter. And it is the Marvel United x-men um edition i don't i haven't talked about this right uh i looked back through because i thought you did too but i think it was just us talking about tales of asgard and it went into an x-men united rant okay because i was raging about how they have this new like this new version but i just want like the x-men characters but that's not what this is this is standalone game um so that is what this is this game um so when you back this kickstarter you get like the full game which is okay except i already have the base game and i would just like x-men characters because i love x-men i like there's a little the little chibi professor x is so cute (laughs) yeah i I was looking through some of the characters in this i don't even know a ton of these maybe i'm just not a a super big x-men fan but i had no idea who some of these people were you know, like Magneto and Mystique and Juggernaut. Like yeah. I'm looking at the base, like the basic ones. But they keep unlocking all these stretch goals, and I have no idea who the people are. Uh, I know some of them. So this is basically the Marvel United that we have come to know, and many people have loved. I'm from Simon, who needs no boost, who what has no business being on Kickstarter. But th- see last week's episode um, for that. Uh, However, I do love X-Men so much, and so playing this cooperative game where you're defeating the villains from X-Men together as you're using your own deck of cards, Um, each deck usually has like three kind of special character cards that allow you to do something different than the other characters do, and so what's cool is when you play a card, not only do you get to use the actions on it, but you're also using the actions from the person who played before you. So it's really cooperative. Um, That kind of thing kind of helps encourage the true cooperative nature of a game, I think, because if some of my actions rely on your actions, then we need to be working together to decide what those actions should be, Um, which I think is the coolest part about this game. So for $65, you get... The basic pledge, um, which gives you characters that I love, like Cyclops and Wolverine and Beast and what is that? I'm trying to think of who all these people are. I'm looking at... You said Professor X earlier. Professor Xavier. I think there's a Jean Grey and that might be... And that's Storm. I think that's everybody. But does the Professor X meeple look like Jean-Luc Picard? Uh, He looks a little actually angrier. Then Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart. (laughs) Um, And then there's like four villains, uh, Sabretooth, Mystique, that's Magneto, and that's Juggernaut. So pretty classic. Also, you get like this, what they say is a Kickstarter exclusive, which I know some of you- We'll we'll see. We'll we'll see. see. um, That has the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which the thing is cool about this is you get the three um, characters from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants- um, Ooh, Blob and Toad have always been the ones, so the ones that I've hated the most. Uh, Pyro was kind of a jerk, but Blob and Toad were truly disgusting. They fight together, which I think would be a really interesting twist on the game. 
And you get some stretch goals, which include other heroes. Those two are bad guys, right? Blob and Toad? They are. Blob, yes. Blob, Toad, and Pyro. They're all bad. Ah, cool. But you also get some stretch goals that include more heroes. The the heroes, most of them are a little bit uh, more obscure heroes. I will agree with that. I know many of them, but they aren't your biggies. Is there negasonic teenage warhead there is no negasonic teenage warhead. oh that's missed opportunity she's um, awesome she, she just has the coolest name magic is cool firestar is cool phoenix obviously havoc i really liked him um multiple man so some different different stuff there and even some some stretch goal villains which i think are cool Ooh, emma frost She's like an anti-hero. So that's another thing is there's also these anti-heroes, which are a little bit different than your straight up villains. Ooh, Shadow King. They can Kalisto. be bad or good, right? The anti-heroes? Yeah. Ooh, Silver Samurai. So there's some good stuff. And like a little even expansion. So you get a lot of stuff in that first pledge, which is $65. But the thing about this is you don't get all the stuff. And that's, well, no, that's, they don't want to make it that easy. That's where they get you. So for a hundred bucks, ooh, is that Archangel? Know, you get an exclusive, supposedly Storm with a Mohawk, whose Storm is awesome. Um, and all these, there's a bunch of optional buys, which seems silly to me. But you could add Deadpool stuff, which I mean, isn't Deadpool in the regular game? Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. I looked through I looked through all Chris's stuff, but I can't remember. <laughs> There's blue team stuff, which has some of my favorite heroes. I don't love Jubilee, but I do love Gambit. Um oh and I I love that villain. He's so great. Um, And there's you can add gold team. Like there's all these like things that you can add on with all these people. And they're they're really cool, especially if you love Marvel, like there's a first class add-on. Like, there's all this stuff. Phoenix 5. Um, the the player map, which I actually think is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Is it the same one that uh, yes. Chris has? Oh, yeah. It that is, is that. Cool. It's round. And so you can, this double-sided play map. I just, it says X-Men play map, but it looks exactly the same. Yeah, I think uh, the double-sided one has X-Men on one side and then the regular one on the other side. Okay. So it's going to have the same layout because that's the way the board looks. But So there's all that. Plus, you can do these cl- the classic optional buys from the earlier runs with the United promos, the Infinity Gauntlet, the Black Panther, Spider-Verse, Tales of Asgard, Guardians of the Galaxy, Return of the Sinister Six. You can add it all. Um, so there's just a lot of options. A lot of things to work with. Um, if you like, if you don't have this game yet, and you like um, X Men, this is you. You need to get in on this because it looks so good. Like I'm seriously jealous. Like I would want this, but I don't need a whole nother game. I just need my little X Men peeps and bad guys. Well, and the thing with the thing with all this stuff and these, like when Chris brought his stuff over. There's no way I'm going to play this game that many times to play with all that stuff. There's no way. It's physically not possible. Yeah, that's true. Because that's the hard thing is like, I almost would be like, oh, can I just do like an individual character buy? Like, oh, I definitely want to play Gambit. I definitely want to play against Magneto or Mystique. And um, yeah, I could see that. But some people are completionists also, and they want to have it all. It's It would take up a lot of room. It's a lot of boxes for a lot of adorable chibi minis. That's the other thing I love about this is <laughs> me and my chibi love, because, you know. Could just be colored meeples. Amazing. It's Japanese. we got to love the chibis. So if you're interested, there are five days left in that Kickstarter. It does not need my help at all. Um I'm assuming this will come to retail at some point, and then I will force Jason to buy it for me so I can have the X-Men characters, or I'll just buy it for myself and not tell him, because every once in a while I do that, just to keep things interesting. It's five days, and if you just want the basic, which does come with a lot, I'm not going to lie, that's $65. Yeah, that's cool. The next one is a more cerebral kind of game, educational game, and actually, um, it's from Genius Games, which I really like, because... We have played the game that is kind of the predecessor to this game, and that's Cytosis. But this game is Cellulose. Um, and 
we just backed, we just received Genotype, which is also from them. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm really pumped to play that. I'm hoping we can do that soon. Like today? Probably could. Yeah. So Cellulose, though, from Genius Games, is instead of where cytosis was about like a animal cell, this is about a plant cell. So you are working on building up the cell wall through using some um, worker placement and set collection by using the different parts of the cell. Um, the neat thing about this is it's actually got some different gameplay than cytosis, which I liked, but it was very it's very simplistic. Cellulose has like this sideboard that has a plant on it, and it's actually like a track mechanism where you can move up on this plant board, um, advancing along tracks, and that's going to give you some bonuses as you play the different rounds, which I think is cool, um, which that was not really in place in Cytosis. Um, you have the same kind of options of going to these different places within the cell. Chloroplasts are generating your chlorophyll. You've got your mitochondria. That's powerhouse of the cell, creating the energy type things. Um, you can contribute to the cell wall by giving um, carbohydrates that you've developed to it. But the cool thing is there also are these, these cell component cards that can grant you bonuses when you play them. And there's some really cool cards like um, enzyme cards, they'll chain together. And so then you kind of get an ongoing bonus, a chain reaction happening, which is so cool and thematic. Um, there are other cards that like, like, a, like some kind of vacuole that allows you to collect your workers back so you get extra... Um, placements in the round which i think is awesome and then there are other cards that also give you uh, there's like one-time bonuses or there's even some in-game scoring cards which you didn't really see in cytosis so i like that they're kind of taking that cool initial concept and the artwork is really neat and doing more um, you're contributing water also, um, you're building the cell wall, you're contributing water that's giving, that'll give you points as well. Lots of different ways to kind of score points with those in-game cards, plus contributing to the cell. I think it looks really fun. So if you like science games, or if you just like interesting worker placement games, um, there's six days left on the Kickstarter, and um, the base game is 39 bucks, and that's cellulose. Yeah, this company is really neat taking like educational topics and turning them into fun games, which even I'm not, I could care less about the cell thing, but the game seems fun and looks interesting. So it'd be something that I would play. So it's a double, uh, like a two birds, one stone type of thing. I like it. Well, and for me, like I love theme and even better when theme, I think helps you teach how to play the game. And I think that games like this really help, um, you can say, okay, well, we're going to contribute to the cell. Well, in order to make a plant grow, you need water. So here you're going to go here and contribute water. Like, I feel like those actions working together makes it a more enjoyable game and in some ways easier to teach. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, my next game is about robots, which I don't normally love. But these robots are so stinky cute that you can't help but love them. And that's because um, they're based on this art by an illustrator named Matt Dixon, who I have seen this adorable little robot art. Like on the cover of this game, there's this little robot. He's got this big head and just two eyes. And he's letting this little butterfly land on his little metal finger. And it's so cute. Well, Adam West, who coincidentally is not the one who played Batman, um, saw that artwork and decided to design a board game around it. And so the game is called Transmissions. And Transmissions is a Rondell worker placement game. But I was watching a little bit about Rado talking about how to play it, which it was a paid Kickstarter preview or Kickstarter review, which again, you know how I feel about paid reviews, like have some integrity and just do the review for free. But, you know, whatever. He's... Gotta, I'm sure, buy some oat nut milk or something. But um, in this game, <laughs> what? I don't know. Just, yeah. I love Ragged on Rado now. It's fun. <laughs> I told everybody that that wasn't going to be completely positive. Once, <laughs> once I have been unleashed, it's on now. I'm just going to be full of hot takes. 
Um, so the game, it works in a rondelle, but it doesn't really look like that, which is interesting. It is kind of circular, but you've kind of got a junkyard space, a little forest space. Again, the artwork is really cute. And you've got these four robots. And everyone is able to control the rob- robots through cards that they get. So you can move whatever robots you want, depending on what kind of action you want. But the interesting thing is, while you're moving robots, you can also kind of give the robots ideas. And so then suddenly you have certain robots that are kind of your favorite robot because you have almost done an engine building part where you've upgraded what that robot does when you use him or her. And I think that's really cool. And there's items that you can collect that can really um, change like what the robots are giving you and and what they're going to do for you. There's puzzles that they say puzzles, but there's these tiles, with different pipes that you're kind of arranging in certain ways um, to get points, uh, other set collection. Like there's just lots of really interesting things happening. And I just think there's some cool mechanics in here. Not only are you working around Rondell and you're using worker placement, you're using hand management, you're doing some light engine building, um, and the artwork is just kind of adorable. Now, from what I've read, it's a very light kind of family weight game which I think is a neat thing because um, there's a lot of different kinds of uh, mechanics that are introduced in this game. And it just looks really cute. So if any of that sounds interesting, there are seven days left on that Kickstarter. It's $40 for the basic pledge, but that means you don't get robot minis. You get cardboard standees. And these robots are so cute that you really need the adorable miniatures. And do you? You do. do you? you do. Do you? Yes, you do. And so for 14 more dollars, for 54 bucks, you can get the deluxe version that has those really um, cute minis that are like kind of big, but they're so fun to move around this board. They just look so great. And the artwork's adorable. Why wouldn't you get them? So that is transmissions. I don't think you need it. I don't think you need those little, uh, those minis. Yes, because the standees just aren't going to cut it. Sure they are. It still marks where I am on the board. That's all that matters. No. We talked about this last week. I know. And I said you were wrong then, and I still hold to that. That's fine. We can agree to disagree. We're in Rome. Right. Um, my last game that I want to talk about is something that I don't think you like, but I really think we should get for our daughter, and I think you enjoyed as well. So the last game is called The Mysteries of Coral Cove, a 5e adventure. And what drew me to this was adorable artwork, but the fact that they're really saying it's a complete box set adventure for kids age 6 plus. And they said they actually um, did playtesting on this. Um, they playtested an adventure from this for kids between 6 and 8. And they thought, okay, it's going to be 30 minutes, whatever. And it, they played for three hours and really enjoyed it. And I thought, wow, like that is really interesting. So it's this really cute kind of um, adventure set. You get this manual that comes with it so that someone can help guide through like you do in, in you know, any RPG. Um, but you're taking a character from level one to level three. So you get these pre-made characters. They have their, like, a, there's a custom race called a water nymph because this is all about this place called Coral Cove. And it's like an adventure. Like, you get this um, note saying, hey, come meet my contact at the it, at this Coral Cove city and you're going to go find treasure. And so then you get there and you get to know the people that are in the city and there's... Um, 15 quest options, so, so five for each chapter. So there's these three chapters. Um, and not only are, you, are these these quest things that you can do, but it also comes with like activities that add to it, like um, mazes and coloring pages. Um, like I'm looking at an example of an activity and it's like a decoding kind of a little secret message about the treasure. Uh, and just to kind of add something else to the classic RPG um, thing, there's some like coin and, and treasure cutout so that you, they have something tangible. It, like the little um, character sheet that comes with it really simplifies like 5e rules. Um, you can color in what your character looks like, and it just really helps kind of step you through it. And even as like you know, the person who's kind of in some ways running the game, it's supposed to be just a really easy introductory 
kind of way to start talking about understanding getting into RPGs and storytelling to really help kids engage their imagination instead of just watching TV or, you know, something that's so um, like outside stimulant pre-produced content. This way it's kind of working their imaginations. And it really says it works fine for adults too. So if you're always like, man, I, I kind of want to try an RPG, but you know, too old, or it just seems super nerdy. And I just don't want it that this can really kind of help pave that way. It's can be pretty quick to go through. um, But kind of that fun, like just a a different take on it. And I thought it was really cool. So that is called um, the mysteries of Coral Cove. There's seven days left on that Kickstarter. And if you want like the hardback book, like it comes in like a box. So it's got the hardback book and all the character sheets and stuff. That's $40. Um, And I picked that option because the print and play option, I think is, um, like $35 to get the digital version. I'm like, why wouldn't you just get... Yeah, that's crazy. That's really expensive for a print and play. The full box. Well, I, there's a lot of stuff. Um, you also get, with with both those, they have a soundtrack, an original soundtrack that you get. Um, so you can play the music in the background and kind of help everybody get into it, which I think is, is super cool. Um, and there's like stickers. Like it just seems like um, a fun thing. So that is Mysteries of Coral Cove, seven days, forty dollars. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know how. I bet Roy would probably like something like that because she likes to pretend, and she'd probably be into it. I think she would. So I would be happy to like DM it, and then the two of you could play the adventure. I think it would be great. With all my amazing imagination skills. Well, she'll be there to help you. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Between the two of us, I'm sure we can get there. (laughs) yeah you're probably right (laughs) and that's all the news i have for this week all right let's move into some games played which we will start right now um we got to play a a decent amount i mean three or four games last week but the first one we're going to talk about is probably my favorite one that we played enough that uh i had our new hotness buddy pick us up a copy. And that game is called Nidavalier. Is that how you say it? Not that if you want to. I always yeah, say Nidavalier, but it. Uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't speak Norse. I don't know. It's Norse. Thor was there. They made him a sword or a hammer or an axe or something. Oh I don't gosh. know. Stop talking about stuff you don't <laughs> understand. So what this game is, is it's a set collection bidding game, kind of where you're trying to recruit different uh, warriors in four different classes. The classes are blue, green, orange, and purple. I don't really know what they mean. I I don't know. Chris probably said it, but I wasn't paying attention because I don't care. Mm -hmm. But the more of each of these characters that you get, the higher points you're going to get. So it's going to kind of do, you know, just explode off of each other. And if you can ever get all five colors, you can recruit a bigger hero from one of the um, always on displays. And then it's going to just give you more points or a special ability or something. The way that the game works is there's three different taverns that you're going to be bidding on characters from. And you have a hand of, I think, five coins. And you're going to be using those coins to basically determine bidding order. So I may use my my high coin in tavern number one to have first dibs because I don't care about something in another one. There's also a zero coin where you can convert a couple other coins into a higher coin. So you can have higher chances of outbidding somebody else. It's a really interesting game. It's super simple and it played really fast. I mean, we were it was over before I was even really getting into it. And then <laughs> so it's just really good. So Nidavalier, definitely a game that I enjoy quite a bit. Easy to play, easy to teach, and fun. So what did you think about this one? Yeah, I really like this game. Um I like that idea of drafting. In some ways it reminds me of um uh, you said Hadara, right? Yes, yes, Hadara. But now that I'm thinking about it, even more. Um, oh my gosh, Katie! Seven Wonders Duel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Even though bit. you can play with more people, because you're drafting these cards, you can again. My favorite, get um, different ways to get your points, 
And I think that that's so profound. So it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not doing a good job bidding, but if you end up getting a certain color, well, getting the most in one color can get you bonus points, depending on how you're working that. Like, um, and maybe, okay, I'm not getting as good cards, but I'm upgrading my coins. Well, the value of those coins are points. And the fact that there are only a certain number of coins in certain values, if you play your exchange coin at the right time, you can maybe skip over and get a higher value coin for less, which is like a neat kind of mechanic. And then um, the game does reward you for kind of diversifying what you're doing as far as collecting cards in that you get these heroes that you can draft. Well, there are different aspects of the heroes. You can use heroes to help bolster one of your particular factions and get even more points there. Or um, there are set collection heroes where you try to collect several of, which was my goal because I thought they were cute looking dwarves. Um, or, you know, they can give you upgrades to coins or like there's just lots of different ways that you can approach this and honestly like I had no idea how it was all going to shake out at the end I really didn't know who was doing better than anybody else let, let me think let me think who won that one give me a second to think three uh, points huh three yeah. lousy points okay I don't care if it's three I points so I don't care if it's 300 points I don't care if it's a point I won. Rematch. I will take you down. Absolutely. You probably will. After we play a game once and you're then you just dominate every single time. Cause I figured it out. Like I and I and I liked kind of seeing because I think each of us played differently, which I think is also really cool. And That's really true. our yeah. scores weren't like like no one was left in the dust. I think it was like a six-point spread or something, right? I don't remember, but it, like it was that. fairly close. So I think that's a really sign of a good game. And to say that, oh, okay, like Chris was going after like the most heroes and using them in different ways. Um, you know, Amy was collecting some like larger points in like one particular color. Yeah, I think she was doing red. Yes, you were doing it in like a purple, purple. which is like yeah. an accumulative kind of scoring method. I was doing my typical all over the place kind of thing um, and doing like, okay, I'm going to stock up for in game also is my other. <laughs> particularly favorite tactic so i was you know trying for that I, it just it's so fun i think the replayability is definitely there because i think you have different heroes that you choose from and the different cards that can come out and and it is so quick that if you play once and things don't kind of go your way or you want to try something different it's easy just to play it again i would have played it yeah. again absolutely yeah me too uh, and there is an expansion. Chris had that, but we didn't play it. It adds like some additional heroes and some artifacts or something. It doesn't change the game a ton, but it just gives you more stuff. So we can't talk about that one. Yeah, I really like it. And so I can't wait till we get our copy and get to play it. Probably tonight. Probably tonight. Woohoo! Well, we'll get it tonight. I don't know if we'll play it tonight, but we'll get it tonight. All right. The next game we played is effectively Bingo, the uh, origin of the planet game. And it's called Eco's First Continent. Um, so what this is, this is a game where someone is playing, it, well, the first player is going to be pulling some tokens out of a bag. From the symbol on that token, you're going to be able to use some cubes that you have in front of you to mark that symbol on some card you have in front of you. When the card gets filled out, you yell Ecos, kind of like bingo, and then you can use the ability on the card. Some of the cards have multiple or you can use them multiple times, some of them are one-time abilities. And you're going to be um, building out the the world by placing... Um, what are they called? Grass tiles, desert tiles, and water tiles, and putting mountains and trees and different kinds of animals on there so you can score points with cards when you get a bingo later on. Um, it's a pretty simple game to play, but once you get a bunch of cards out in front of you, the engine can get a little overwhelming and kind of explode. So um, what did you think of Eco's First Continent? Well, speaking of games that I dominate at, um, that was... No, we're not, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> That would definitely be this one. Um, at first, when you were like, had it, you're like, oh, let's play this game. And you're like, oh, it's like bingo. I'm like, okay, so this is a super simple light game. Um, and in a lot of ways, mechanically, it is. But looking at it, I was deceived. And part of that is because I'm a super judgy McJudgerson. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. I was pleasantly surprised at the gameplay on this one. I mean, 
you are deciding what cards go out in front of you for you to um, place your markers on the different resources to try and hit those cards to activate their powers. Um, and I love that idea then. So you're trying to set up, you should try to set up this kind of chain reaction where the cards are synergizing, one's feeding another so that you're completing them. Um, some cards. Yeah. You should do that. Some of us didn't do that, but you should do that. Some of us did, and it showed in the point scoring. Uh, <laughs> including like okay if i if i want to place animals i have to certain terrain types well then maybe i need a card that lets me put out those terrain types in order to get those animals out there um or if animals are eating other animals i need to make sure that i'm able to get other you know prey out there um and oh if i if i get if i have a a card that's going to score me for the most mountains i need to get a card that puts out the mountains and i want to let that card fire first a couple times before i fire the mountain point card not to say that happened, but that would be a good strategy. It only happened four times. <laughs> and so, and then also certain cards can get played, can get fulfilled like four times, whereas some can only get fulfilled once. And so what are you going to go for and how are you going to use that? Um, I There is just a lot here. I really enjoyed it and was actually super surprised that I liked it so much. And I, I would definitely put it again. I'm interested to see how it plays with more people. It does play more people, right? Yeah, because uh, in a two-player game is what we played. You pull two tokens out of the time, so you're marking two cute, two cards or two symbols. But in a multiple-player game, you're just doing one. And yeah, that's the only real difference. And you have less cards in front of you at the beginning. Hmm. I mean, I, I liked it too also. I think it's a really fun two-player but i sometimes i think that i play games differently a two-player because i know how jason thinks and in some ways it's easy for me to play a way that will just stomp him because i i know that he's not going to look at certain things in certain ways but when you add other people into mix that changes the whole game flow there's different strategies involved um so that forces me to change up how I play. So it can be more challenging for me to play it more than two players, certain games. Yeah, so basically what Katie said there, if you guys <laughs> want to pick it up on it, is I suck at games, and she knows that I suck at games, so she likes playing with me because she likes to win. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I just, there are certain games, and like, I, this, okay, this is confession time. We'll be playing a game, and I'll see this really good move, and I'm like, if Jason goes there, I'm totally screwed. Um, so I'll see an almost as good move and I will out loud mention that to him to say, Oh, but this one is also good. And that could help you. You're a jerk. And he will choose that and leave me to, <laughs> to do the awesome action that I have planned. So he can't thwart me. All right. Now, and now that I know, <laughs> I know I'm not going to win the games I anymore. I probably still won't change how I play, <laughs> but now that I know, I feel bad. That sounds makes you sound really manipulative. It it really does. It really does. But I'm I'm being honest. You guys are my friends. <laughs> I have pulled back the mask. Like everybody knows now that I'm a horrible person. So I'm just gonna lay it out there. I do that. Like for me, that's why I like to play. I don't play solo games because the component you can't manipulate yourself exactly. The component <laughs> of playing with other people allows me to use my EQ, the things that I'm good at, which is working people. <laughs> to get the game to also go in my favor. It doesn't always work, but I will use all of my arsenal available. Yeah, so that makes me feel good. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel Now I feel terrible. Oh my gosh, edit all of that out. Everybody knows. So uh, if you want to see how this game plays, it's been out for a couple years. Um, it's the designer of Cubitos, and it's from AEG. They sent it to us for review. So I have a video up on YouTube if you want to check it out. Just to see kind of what we're talking about with the bingo mechanism. It's in some other games too, but this is the only one we've ever. Played. I don't feel like it's a bingo mechanism. I don't like that description. I don't of know it. what. Uh, I, and I said that in my video. I don't know what else you would say it like call and answer. I don't know. It's not a music. It's music like set game. collection. Yeah, but the the mechanism of pulling something out of a bag and everybody gets to mark that thing. That's that's the mechanism that I'm talking about. It's almost like it's like a pull and write. Yeah, kind. Of, yeah, I guess a pull and mark. Pull, I don't know. Pull and mark. Yeah, I don't know. Bingo. The bingo mechanism just sounds a little bit catchier. And everybody knows what bingo is. B one, and then you mark B one. I so know. I, think it's just, I just yeah, think when just, you describe that to me, it it changed how I thought about the game to in a negative way. And then when I played it, I actually had a really great experience. Um, but maybe people have a better concept bigger than i do i guess could be yeah i don't know we've all established i'm a completely horrible human being so it's 
All right, and the last game we're going to talk about is going to tie in with our feature today, mm-hmm. and it is a space game, and it's called Cryo. So, yeah, this is a space game, sort of. You're on a planet, and what you're doing in this is you are taking control of these three little drones, and you're trying to go out on this planet where your your spaceship crashed due to some kind of sabotage. I don't know what the theme is, something like that. And you're trying to rescue your crew people who are are in cryostasis or whatever it is, and try to get them to caverns where they're safe. Basically, you're going to take them from the crash site, you're going to move them into the caverns to do some area control type thing to score some points. Um, That's the theme, that's the gist of it. Each of the spaces are going to have some different actions where you can collect resources, you can rescue your people, you can um, take the special ability of the space to get like energy because you need energy to get into the caverns. Um, you can never unlock more than three of your workers, which is interesting because there's six spaces on your board that you can build out with special powers. When you bring them back from the board, you can then like get some special actions. So you can kind of build that out and put them where you want to get resources and stuff. Um, it's a really fun game. I enjoyed it. It's the designer that did Dwellings of Eldervale. At least one of them. I think this is a multiple designer game, but one of them helped on that game. And it kind of has a little bit of that feel if anybody's ever played that. But it has nice art. It has good color. It doesn't feel necessarily like a, a drab space brown and black game. And I kind of enjoyed it. So what did you think about Cryo? I was surprised by this because, as usual, I went in with a bad attitude because it was about space. And it had drones, too. I was like, oh, gosh. I hate I hate robotics. I hate mechs. I hate space. Gosh, this is, again, another episode where I just am a hideous, ugly person. Um, But I was pleasantly surprised by the gameplay. Lots of really interesting, like, tough choices because you don't have a lot of turns. I mean, things are cooking. So you're trying to make the most of every bit you can of building up your board so that you're managing to get extra resources, get some bonuses. What do you cash in and move on and cut your losses with in order to save more cryo units, move into the caves that you need? Um, I really did not like Dwellings of Eldervale that much. And while this is similar, I felt that it did things better. And it had a lot more mechanisms that I actually um, enjoyed a lot more. And I thought it was that tension was really good. And again, when we played it, I was thinking, I don't know how this is going to end up. I honestly didn't know who was winning. I'm like, well, I think that they're doing well. Like I couldn't, I couldn't really tell. Um, But everything was was tense and there was a lot of really interesting stuff going on and for a space game i really enjoyed it yeah i agree this was a good game i think i may have liked uh dwellings of elder Vale, however you say it a little bit better just because there was a little more going on i think it might have been a little bit heavier really but this one yeah i thought dwellings was a little bit heavier i didn't think so i thought this one was this one's tighter, I think, but I felt like there was more options in dwellings of things you could do in your turn. Huh. But I, I don't know. That's just the feeling that I got. They're, they're kind of similar-ish, the, the gameplay a little bit. But yeah, I think you know, I, this is a really good game. I enjoyed it. And it's a space game that we like, so everybody can back up off us. Right, which really leads us to our feature today. And it's clear it's obvious. I have made it obvious how much I hate space games. I mean, generally the art is hideous. A lot of black with a few accents. Um, A lot of space games are skirmish and combat based. I need a little more than that. Um, A lot of space games have aliens or robots. I don't give a crap about that. That's the weird thing is I love theme. And space is a theme I hate, except some of my favorite things in life in general, like fandom and stuff I love, I am a Trekkie. I love Star Wars. Like, I love Firefly. Like, I just, but I hate space games. However, space games, huge genre. Huge um, Huge. <laughs> and so many people like them. And so I've been trying to challenge myself to play space games. Now, there are plenty of space games that I have not played um, that are uh, classics, 
like Roll for the Galaxy, Race for the Galaxy, Galaxy Truckers, um, Twilight Imperium. Uh, there's one about a e- Eclipse void. is the one too. See, Imp- sh- Empires of the Void. Sh- Shia, Sia, and I. Zaya. Whatever. If you're, it should be Shia because that's the Chinese pronunciation Rex, but whatever. It should be Zaya, Gaia Project. Um, I just haven't played them. So the if I have to play a space game, and we don't own many, I looked around our game collection. There were very few. And we have named all six of them <laughs> about that we own in our top three space games. If I got to play a space game, it's going to be these three. So I'll let Jason start because mine are kind of turds because they're the best games I can think of that are space themed. Whatever. You, you have a pretty good one on yours. <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> um, all right. So the first one I want to talk about is I don't think you've played this one. But we've played the legacy version of this one quite a bit, and that's Clank in space. Um, yeah, this is effectively Clank on a spaceship. Um, so it's a dungeon crawl, but instead of a dungeon, you're going around some random spaceship trying to collect things. It's space and theme only because you could literally theme Clank whatever you want, and it doesn't really matter as long as there's a place to walk from the to start to the beginning, or from the beginning to the end, then back to the start. It can have whatever theme you want. But I really like Clank. The theme is still quirky, kind of like a Star Trek spoof in this one, which I kind of enjoy because I really like Star Trek. So first one I had to put on my list, Clank in Space. Yeah, I don't know who you played this one with, but I did not play it. I really love Clank, so I feel like I would do it, even though I would prefer to play the other iterations of it because I like the themes better. But I'm sure this one's good. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's space barely. <laughs> Just yeah. a different picture on the map. <laughs> And really, my first one is Space Barely. And really, it's an IP. Uh, So my first game is Star Trek Catan. So I I love Star Trek. Um, Jean-Luc Picard is the best captain. James Kirk. No. James T. Kirk. No, I don't want to hear about Tiberius. No, you're wrong. Uh, Jason will obviously fight me on this. But original series is by far the best. No, one. No, TNG is the best one. Although I have watched the original series, watched TNG, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, etc. Anyway, I love Star Trek. And Catan really was one of the early games, like many people, that got me into the hobby. So you put those two things together, bam, it's a game I like to play. Um, You're laying out your little enterprises to create your roads. You're exploring planets, getting, you know alien resources it's really just a pasted on space theme again a lot of black the art isn't that great but it's it's like playing Catan, and it just takes it into like a realm that i really enjoy an ip that i really enjoy so i feel like that just kind of elevates Catan for me i don't think we even have the original Catan anymore i think we just have our copy of star trek Catan. yeah that's it yep. because it's it's the same game with some little trekky stuff added. And so um, I, I, I just, I like it. And yes, it barely inhabits space, but I'm okay with that. So my first choice is Star Trek Catan. Okay, two things. One, there's no James, or uh, there's no Captain Picard on this one. It's James Kirk, so that should tell you something. And two, this one's a little bit better than Catan, in my opinion, because it had, gives you like special player powers that you can use. You can recruit someone from the crew to come help you. Oh, that's true. Bit. I like it. That's true. I forgot about that. We haven't played this for a while. And honestly, um, I we kept wanting... I don't. Did we ever get Ryan to play this with us? Uh, I don't know if we did or not. I don't remember. One of my... my, my an old friend of ours we played games with, he actually um, passed away about um, last week. And he was a huge Trekkie fan. And he played war games with us at church camp. And I always wanted to have him play this because I thought he would really enjoy it. Um, so if you like, I, I, is this one hard to find now? They reprinted it. So you okay, can get, good. we have the older version, but there's a new version you can get. Um, so if you like a tan, but you're like, oh, okay, it's a little worn out to stay, but it's a good way to get newer people into the hobby. You might want to check out Star Trek Catan to kind of bridge that gap. Bridge. Hmm. <sighs> Punny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so my next one, moving on from the terrible pun, <laughs> is a game from Garfield Games. And yes, they do more than the, the Viscounts of the West Kingdom and North Sea stuff. This is called Circadian's First Light. Now, this uh, was a birthday present from a member of the Riveted. He's our uh, news correspondent. Fan Zero. He knows who he is. Yep, Fan <laughs> Zero. 
And what this game is, is it is a dice placement game where you're trying to use your crew to go out on this planet. I think the planet's called like Rye, R-H-Y or something like that. And you're trying to mine for gems, get some water, grow algae. You're upgrading your, your garage with different types of spaceships so you can go out to other parts of the world to do some things. So it's set in space, well, set on a planet, but... It doesn't like beat you over the head with a space theme. Um, and I really like it. I like dice placement. I like all the options that you have in this game. I like moving my little Mars rover or whatever it is around the board to collect gems and all that type of thing. It's really good. So my number two game, Circadian's First Light. Um, I have not played this. I I guess I could like it because everyone's like oh it's just it's just like farming it just happens to be in space yeah what? it's it's like a, it's a farming game in space yes that's correct then just give me farming um because i i don't i don't need the rest um but i i think i think i would try it maybe it's it's good i mean it's dice placement so even if you hate the theme the mechanisms are still good so there is that that's true um my second game is so barely uh space themed but it counts <laughs> it's true it does count it does count it's, it's a it's a, a paste it on theme for sure <laughs> for sure and this game is called the crew it has like a subtitle the quest for planet nine yes i was like something about planet nine uh the quest for planet nine so in this this is basically a trick-taking game um with a with pasted on art about space uh, I mean, really, like they could have put, I don't know. They could have be any, any theme they wanted to. Pet rocks and <laughs> um, it would have been fine. It doesn't matter. I actually probably would like it better if it was pet rocks, to be honest. But the game's not bad despite having those space pictures. Like there's colors for suits. Um, you've got the, the numbers and you have these goals to meet. And so it's a cooperative trick-taking game, which seems weird, but you're trying to get each each person has a goal. And so as a group, you're trying to say, okay, well, if this person needs to capture the green nine, how do we make sure we do that? And you can't say, I'm gonna play this card. Um, but you're still trying to like, okay, go through what you're playing, see what you can like throw aside using the general kind of standard rules for trick taking while making these goals happen, which I think is, is just a really neat kind of thing plays quickly. Um, definitely one that you play around. You're like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Um, just to like work on your uh, nonverbal communication and gameplay as well. So um, yeah, it's, Bit space. Uh, that's the crew. Yeah, this is a really good game. I wanted to hate this game, but the gameplay is really fun. The trick taking is super good. Again, it could be a regular deck of cards. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But but the the theme is kind of interesting. You're like a cruise lost in space and trying to fix your communicator and all that stuff. So there is a theme, oh, just who cares? That's the theme? Yeah. Something like that. I have no idea. Again, who cares? I it don't, doesn't really I, matter. I didn't know that. <laughs> Basically, you just, hey, you're, you're collecting numbers of different colors. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much it. All right, so my last one that had to be on this list because this is a really good game, right. also cooperative. I wanted to pick this one. I figured you did, but you took the big dog next. Um, so this one is Rising 5, Runes of Astros. So we've played this a couple times. Um, I played it some a, a few times solo as well. And effectively what you're doing in this is you are four or five different characters and you're moving around this planet and you're trying to unlock this portal so you can get these magical runes set in a certain pattern that needs to be the, the correct pattern so you can get off the planet i think that's the storyline i'm not 100 percent sure yeah because you have to open the portal these yeah. runes have to be in the right place to open the portal so you can get out Cur yeah that's right so effectively it's mastermind the old like game from the 70s or 80s where you're trying to get the four different colors of like little pieces in the right order, but this has a lot more game going on. So you're moving your characters around, you're fighting some baddies, you're trying to, uh, you know, open up a little temporary portal so you can look at the runes and move them around. You're trying to gather um, artifacts to keep the sun from getting too hot before it burns everybody alive. There's just a lot of stuff going on. The, you move characters around by playing cards, and it's got a, a lot of cool mechanisms. It's not the most deep game in the world, but it's fun, and it's in space. 
So it's on my list. So Rising 5, Runes of Astros. Yeah, I really like this game. I never played Mastermind before, so I was like, what are you guys talking about when everyone kept saying that? Um, oh, I played it so much. I, I like that game a lot. I Yeah, I never never heard of it. I mean, I think I'd heard of it, but I didn't know how the gameplay went. I just had never played that. We never had that game. Um, but this one, like the artwork, I think is neat, which is surprising. Vincent of course. Oh, Vinny. Um, and, except sometimes it's really ugly. So this is a Vinny I actually like. Um, I, I like the app interaction that you can use with it. I think that's really cool. Um, and that everyone can move all of the characters, which I mentioned in one of my Kickstarter um, kind of news t- setting. Like, I think that's neat. When it's not your character, you just have to have the cards to be the one to move the character. And everyone can have those. Um, so I And I, I feel like this is another one of those cooperative games that does a really good job of making it truly cooperative. The gameplay itself encourages you to work together. So I think that that's, that's fun. I like it a lot. And I wanted to pick yep. it. Because there's so few space games I like, like we said. Um, and my last one is a game that I refused to play for a long time because it was a space game and because it was ugly as sin. And it still is ugly as sin, but the gameplay is generally really good. And I happen to be fairly good at this game. And that game is Terraforming Mars. So Terraforming Mars, um, you are playing cards to help you terraform Mars. I mean. No. I mean, I realize that the title is deceptive, (laughs) but that is the goal of the game. Um, So you are getting water and land on Mars. You are generating resources that you use to play your cards. Um, You can really create some good engine building opportunities to generate points, to generate um, uh, resources, all those things, which I super love. Lots of different ways to approach this game as well, different paths to victory. I love that stuff. Um, even though it's super ugly, I wish it were instead of terraforming Mars, like it was, um, I don't know, creating the hanging gardens of Babylon or, um, I don't know, building an aquarium, like anything, not space, but I'll tolerate it <laughs> since it is, the gameplay is good. Um, so my last pick probably my only true space game and what I think is the best space game is Terraforming Mars. Yeah, this is probably the the best game on this whole list. Uh, I mean, I like Clank in space a lot, but Terraforming Mars gives you a little bit more of a space theme and probably a better game. Yeah, now there's some games we didn't talk about. Um, Obviously, we talked about Cryo and the games played. And really, if we hadn't talked about it then, that would have been on my list because I actually quite enjoyed that game despite it being a space theme and a theme yeah, I agree. that I don't care about. Um Space Explorers, we've played, and I I didn't put it on my list because I don't remember it well enough. We only played it once, but it's very much like Splendor, um, but with a space theme. So I'd obviously rather play Splendor because it's not a space theme, and it doesn't have like those like fat poker chip gem tiles that are shiny and pretty that I really like. But it does have cool art. I honestly thought this was a Keymaster game because it reminds me of some of their art style, but it's not. It's like 25th century or something. I think. Yeah, it does kind of feel like campy creatures a little bit. Yes. Like like the faded old school artwork. Yes. And so the artwork is really cool. So if um, you don't like that old world classical like Renaissance people and gems, you might try Space Explorers. To, it's like that's a great kind of I feel like Splendor is such a good gateway game but maybe people are turned off by the look of it um, Space Explorers is definitely the way to go for that um, Artemis Project I have played and it was going to go on my list but I when I looked at the pictures of it I don't remember the game hardly at all yeah dice placement game looks like it takes place on Antarctica but it's really uh, another planet I guess yeah and I also don't like frozen like tundra cold winter themed games i guess either so this like looked like it was like both and so it has slipped right out of my mind i, I think i would play it again because i don't remember completely disliking it but i honestly don't remember it that much I, every game i thought of that was a space game i was thinking oh i hate that game like mission red planet i hate that game uh the captain is dead i hate that game yeah, Captain is Dead is brutal. <laughs> That's for sure. And, and honestly, like, I don't think it's a bad game. We like, we had it. We got, like, cute Star Trek chibis to use in it and, like, little aliens, which was cool. 
but for me, that kind of a cooperative game that's so brutal is just no fun. There are some people that love that. Some of you masochists out there, you love it when a game just slaps you around and gives you no chance of winning. I can't handle that. It makes me angry. And you won't like me when I'm angry. So we got rid of that game. But kept the chibis. Um, I have played Firefly Shiny Dice, so I guess that's technically a space game. Yeah, it's like Space Yahtzee. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it because I like Firefly. Um, not like an amazing game, but okay. Yeah, have it, you, it's fine. You played Firefly the game? Yeah, I played Firefly the game with Jim and Keener. We didn't play a full game because it was like three hours. We played like half of it. But it's Pick Up and Deliver in the Firefly universe, so I like Pick Up and Deliver, and I like that universe, so I was cool with it. Well, and I'd like to play it, because we do own it, right? No, we don't. I want to get this, because I would like to actually play a full game of this at some point. Oh, I thought we got a game that's like a an IP that's like a long game that you're like, oh, we should play that, but it's... It's, um, we, well, we have Warehouse 13. Oh, it's Warehouse 13. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Also a good game. It has nothing to do with space, and I like it better because it's not space. But we haven't played it. Um, the game that I would break all the rules for, and I avidly want, and it's a space game, is On Mars. That's because I love me some Uncle Vital, and I will play any game that man makes. Yeah, that's true. I would play this game for sure, but again, $125. Yeah, so we'll keep hoping, scrounging this, the um, second... What do you call that? <laughs> My brain is not working. We'll see if Shop Goodwill has a copy. <laughs> right. I'm sure. <laughs> Check out the secondary markets, you know, see if someone goes crazy and takes it to uh, Goodwill or half price books. But yeah, as much as I dislike space, I love Vitella Serta. And so I'm really intrigued by that game. So that that wouldn't convert me to liking space games. It just continued to convert me to Vitella Serta's cult of awesome. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because he could put anything uh, that he wants in a game, and it's still a VTAL game, so it's good. I was really sad that he made it about space. I was like, come on. Certainly there's something else in Portugal, Portugal. that you could theme <laughs> this game around. So come on. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. I know you come can on. do it. You you have other you know, things that you like and are interested in. Let's make um, skiing, mountain chalets, something. <laughs> Next time. Next time. But that is one that I would play. So I know... So many of you love space games. Tell me about them. Tell me the ones that I should overlook my stubborn, prejudiced attitude about and play anyway because they have good mechanics and they're good games to play. So tell us on our Facebook page. Um, if you're not part of Hashtag The Riveted, our Facebook group, you need to be there. And you can feel free to come in there and harass me about my space game hating ways all you want. Um, because it's a great forum to talk about games, to discuss them, to find new games. Like, I find out about games so much through what you guys are posting there. Um, so if you're not a part of that group, you need to be so positive. Focus on the games, not all the other garbage that we talked about last week. None of that gatekeeping BS, because you know that just makes me angry. Like, legit. It does. Shut up. <laughs> and um youtube um twitter instagram jason is always updating those accounts i've been trying to do more videos be in more videos watch out um unboxings we've got some some really neat games that are coming in some kickstarter fulfillments that we you know paid for because yes we do pay for games like everybody else sometimes um Paying for lots more of them now after I just, just like, ranted about every single game publisher last week. Yeah, we talked about publishers that weren't sending us stuff anyway, so that's fine. That's true. CMOD's never sending us anything. <laughs> no, they're not. And that's fine. Um, but, yeah, keep checking that content. If there's something you want to see, like, let us know if you... Um, like an unboxing if you want to see a, a review of a game that's unboxed if you want to um if you want to hear me do a video series where i just rant about stuff i'd be happy to call it katie's soapbox and just pull it out <laughs> every week or so and just you know rant about stuff cause a spark on the internet i don't know probably not that require people to actually watch my videos and i don't think they do because i don't watch videos either this, uh, the the subtitle of this episode is like, where Katie reveals her true self as a horrible, manipulative um, B word. <laughs> like, that's what I feel like this is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a pretty mean one. 
And and all Jason does is just stand there and like hold out his hand towards me and just let let me just go down in flames. <laughs> Thank you for the support, partner of my life. You're welcome. I do what I can. <laughs> it makes for good radio. Apparently. Oh my gosh. Well, that is all I have before I go off on some other rant. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.